Hello from the sunny beaches of St. Kitts and Nevis. Welcome to Dextrocardia, your one-stop shop podcast for everything related to life as a Caribbean medical student. I'm your host, Nihal Satyadev, a second-year medical student at the University of Medicine and Health Sciences. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed by guests of this podcast do not reflect the opinions or views of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's dive in. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well and welcome to another episode of Dextrocardia. And today we are lucky to have Milagros Rivera Cora with us. She's a second year medical student at UMHS and she's this semester's physiology TA. Aside from TA, Mila likes to stay involved by also being a student ambassador and a mentor. Prior to medical school, she obtained her bachelor's in chemistry and a minor in medical humanities at the University of Puerto Rico, Rio Piedras. Not only did she get a minor, but she also was involved in research in organic chemistry. Besides her minor and research involvement, Mila volunteered in the ER of a hospital, San Francisco, and then volunteered abroad for a month in Cusco, Peru. She has a passion for volunteer work and aspires to join Doctors Without Borders in the future. Mila, thank you so much for joining us today. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to medical school at UMHS? Of course, Kirsty. First of all, thank you for having me here. You and Nihal have made an amazing job with this project and I I really respect you guys, so thank you. Basically, as you said, my name is Milagros Rivera. I was born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and many people call me Mila, so as you mentioned, you can also call me Mila. Basically, my motto has always been, you don't know what you like until you try it. So once I started my bachelor's degree, I was up for it, meaning I wanted to try out the pharmacy field, the research field, everything. So that's why I got involved in research. And in my two years of doing research, I did like it, but found myself a little bit isolated in the whole process. I couldn't make eye contact with my chromatography, for example, and I found myself in lonely hours during investigation. So I decided to end that journey and start trying out volunteering in hospitals. So I started as a volunteer in Hospital San Francisco. And after two months of volunteering in the ER, I was offered and I was, I'm still so fortunate and grateful for that opportunity. I was offered a secretary position in that same hospital in the surgery department. There, I obviously got to know a lot of doctors, and one of the doctors who was a is a surgeon offered me to shadow him once he got to know that I wanted to study medicine. He's a surgical oncologist, so that that was my first shadowing experience. And then after shadowing and volunteering in that hospital, I I asked myself, how would this experience be if I could go abroad and basically do the same thing? So after doing all of those stuff in Cusco, Peru, I said, I am pretty sure medical school is for me and medicine is for me because I, as the buffet I mentioned, I tried it and I liked it. And it has been the thing that I tried the most and that fulfilled me the most. And hence, I, I decided medicine as a career. It's amazing the way you worked your way up. You started volunteering, you got a job, and then you got 
you shadowed just the way you networked. That's amazing. And also, first of all, research in organic chemistry. That sounds intense. <laughs> like long hours with minimal yes. interaction. Yes, that was basically doing a mistake in a synthesis and having to start all over at 10 p.m. and getting out of the lab at 3 a.m. just because that was the procedure. It was hard. So are you going to be a surgical oncologist now? <laughs> no, I don't think surgery actually it's for me. But I again, I respect all of those surgeons. I also shadow a OBGYN in Cusco, Peru the most and I do resonate more with that area that also has a bit of surgery involved obviously but I don't think surgical oncologist oncology is for me because uh, it's a bit too sad and I as you can see I'm a bit of a happy butterfly so I want to maintain it that way. Of course that totally makes sense. So now you're pretty far along your basic science path you're in your fourth semester in teaing physio, which is, of course, a really important course for the step and just for uh, internal medicine and just for understanding our body. So tell us kind of how is this class set up? How does each block look? And what is, what is physiology? Right. That's an amazing question. Basically, physiology covers all of the physiologic processes in your body, meaning you'll see biochemistry, you'll see anatomy, you'll see histology, you'll see so many things involved. So it really has its way to give you the big picture of it all. And physiology class, at least in University of Medicine and Health Sciences, starts with a general physiology. Okay, so even though it's all over the place, it, it's good to know the basics to build up from there. So please, whenever you're taking this course, it's important, that general physiology. And then they start teaching us basically cardiovascular physiology, which is actually my favorite topic. And then it goes to respiratory physiology, then endocrine and so it goes. Basically, they go first the general perspective and then system by system. And they actually connect. So that's very, very special. They usually say physio, the, the three P's are important for step, physio, path, and farm. So it's amazing that you decide to become the physio TA too, because it's such an important class. And I'm glad that you're a resource for students too. What did you personally do to do well in the class? And aside from that, what made you want to be a physio TA? Sure, thank you. Basically, what I did to do well in the class was previewing almost every single day and I want to emphasize almost because we are not perfect not every day has the same time for you to get all of those steps done so almost every day I previewed and then previewed meaning just reading really fast the material that was going to be discussed that day perhaps a video then on the class, I try to be as mindful as possible. So trying to be in the moment, not with the cell phone, not imagining scenarios in your mind, but really listening to the professor, taking your own notes, typing on the chat, because right now we are online. That's the way I, I 
maintain myself in the moment during the physiology class. And then after the class, I just reviewed so many times the material. I cannot stress this enough. So many times. And each time I reread my notes or the PowerPoints or the first aid or every time I read did questions, I found a new a new concept or something I that wasn't clear before. So it's just putting layer by layer and really making a strong foundation of the topic for when you get to the exam, you have seen all of the material in so many perspectives throughout questions, previewing in the class, explaining to a friend, explaining to yourself. So that's what helped me do well. And I did a lot of practice questions from UWorld, USMLERX, Guiton and Hall, BRS. So there are plenty of books and sites where you can really test your knowledge. And I think it's very important to test our knowledge because how do you know you know? <laughs> and don't be afraid to get the questions wrong because I used to get so many questions wrong, so many questions wrong. And I just started using the practice questions as books, you know, and the goal by doing practice questions was to understand the question. Doesn't matter if you get it correct the first time you try it. And also not only for physiology, but for all the other classes starting to get used to doing so many practice questions will help you for the step one at the end of the day. What you said really resonates with me because I know when I was in physio, for example, I would never do the questions until I felt like I mastered the information just because I was afraid of getting them wrong. And then while I was studying for step, I really, I was like, no, questions are, I can learn from questions. It's important to do them through it. So I definitely wish I did that earlier too. So I like what you said. I have another question for you. You mentioned that with the online classes, it's important to limit your distractions. I never really thought of that since I haven't, I, I haven't been exposed to the Zoom classes and how they're running. Do you have any advice for students currently taking classes online on how they can be more present on their online lectures and avoid distractions such as their cell phone? Oh, for sure. And that's important for all of us to sit down and have a conversation with ourselves of the things that are not actually helping us in the in the moment we are taking the class. So I will mention some silly things, but I think they have been really important for me. For example, I never stay in my pajamas. I do wear scrubs or formal formal clothes or even exercise clothes, everything that feels comfortable, but not as comfy to sleep. So that way I, I force myself to be awake. Also turning off the phone, putting the airplane mode on really helps because if you keep getting notifications or sounds, you already have so much noise in your head of thoughts that shouldn't be there. So try to cancel all the noise that it's under your control. For example, I have an Apple Watch, and even though I spent so much money on it, I really put on the do not disturb during the class. I do not want any notifications during the class. 
stuff like that. Don't be on Instagram, don't be on Facebook, be on the class. And many times if you pay attention to what the professor is saying, you even get a good idea of what it's coming on the exam. So stuff like that, it's, I always say it's better to pay attention than to want attention. And this generation, including myself and you guys, we are so used to receiving attention with social media and we have forgotten most of us to pay attention. So don't complain of the class if you're actually not paying attention. So do whatever you gotta do, do exercise. I used to do exercise prior to my physiology class and once I sat down i was feeling as if if it's what if it was 1 p.m and it was still 10 a.m so i was really feeling pretty active in that sense so you don't have to do the same things i do but just explore yourself and find whatever works best for you yeah i don't think those are silly at all i mean most of those things are things that i do as well um and i think there is so little value that's applied to techniques and tools like that. Like we just think that, oh, it's all about just how well you study or, um, you know, doing the right study question textbook or finding the right, you know, study resource. But more than anything, it's having a baseline system of focus that can just allow you to really excel much more in these classes so i really love i love those tips i think they're super practical um, and i hope some of the listeners uh can implement some of what you said <clears throat> so thank you now that we've talked a little bit about covid strategies what about strategies specifically for this class so we talked a little bit about doing the questions pre-readings which you thought were really beneficial on most days but on the flip side, have you seen certain students, uh, either your classmates or classmates or class members who are taking physio right now, what are they doing that is maybe holding them back from doing well in the class? Sure. That's a hard question, Nihal, because I don't like to point out mistakes on others because the only per the only person that know something might have been a mistake it's the own person so i will respond to that question as which things i did not do or if i wouldn't have done i would have regret if that makes sense yeah that's so yeah i would have regret or i would consider a mistake if i wouldn't have done basically diagrams in which i incorporate and connect the topics with each other diagrams tables whatever works for the student the goal is to really understand the why of everything physiology is a class that you should ask why for everything nothing or almost anything it's merely memorizing so that's really important to have in mind and i also would have regretted if i wouldn't have done practice questions practice questions not to memorize the the answer but to understand why 
it wasn't A, B, C, and it was D, the correct answer. Like always focus on why this one is the correct answer and all the other ones are the wrong answer. I would also have regretted not talking to the professors. I think many of us are afraid, especially now that we're in COVID and you know all of this online stuff, it's not, it's not normal for us to meet with a professor through Zoom and through a webcam, but talking with the professors really helps students to know how to manage the class, know what to expect from the class. So I would have, would have regretted not to trust the professors. I think we do have really good professors in this class that you should trust. I would also have regretted if I wouldn't have talked the topics out loud to myself, explaining it to myself, because if I don't know how to explain it to myself, I wouldn't know how to explain it to other people. So basically those things. Perfect. Just to build on that question, if you were to do this course again, is there something you would have done differently, do you feel like? For sure. I am not perfect. So I think that now being at TA for this class have made me see that, for example, I could have done maybe more diagrams because I am doing most of the diagrams now that I am TA. So doing your thing in a pretty way that would so serve you for whenever you turn into a TA or go study for the step one, doing things the right way, the prettiest way, the more organized way. I know it takes time, but you get to use it so much in the future that it, uh, it ends up paying off. So, so concept I, mapping is something that you definitely seem to really like to use as a study tool. I've actually never used that before. So can you kind of explain what that means? Um, obviously, it's a very visual tool, uh, but as best as you can explain it for a podcast. For sure. No, for sure. And thanks for mentioning that it's pretty visual because I consider myself so visual. And actually, most of the population is visual. So you, we all got to ask ourselves if we are acting visual or not so for me basically sitting down and asking myself where do I start what is the word the topic that could summarize all of the things that will be seen further down in the diagram so knowing that all of the concepts are under physiology then I start from physiology and then I divided it into general physiology and then all of the systems but basically the the thing with concept diagrams or concept mapping is that it's hard, it takes time, and it makes you organize the material in your own way. So you're basically rewriting all of the material in the way you could better understand it. So you get to know yourself better, which is awesome when you're a medical student and it makes your life easier. And then whenever you end up doing the concept map, you can even color code it. So if you want to review the drugs only, you know the drugs are in blue. Or if you wanna study the diseases, you know the diseases are in red. 
So there are so many things you can do to use those diagrams in a more effective way. And the one that I use is color coding in concept mapping. So it's basically organizing, organizing your thoughts, organizing the material and doing the things yourselves because so many students, including myself, sometimes ask for the resources that other people did. But the time it takes to understand the diagram someone else did or the practice, questions they created or whatever, because you didn't do it, it takes time. But what if that time you use it to do your own thing? I think it's more effective. Would you typically do concept maps per organ system or would you do it per topic? Is there any advice you have for students who are making concept maps for physio specifically? Yeah, I honestly do it by systems. I do it by systems. I sometimes repeat it, you know, drugs, they might serve for a system and for another system. So more than being afraid of doing a perfect concept map, go out there, start your own concept map. It will get better. Mine weren't pretty at the beginning. They were pretty messed up and they stay like that because I still haven't had the time to correct it. So it just it's just a process as everything so don't mind to do mistakes it will get better i just had flashbacks of dr nagapa's drawings and him saying yes or no <laughs> um so just so three top resources what would you say are your three top resources for um physio so number one your world you will why because it really can give you a good perspective of what to expect on the exam and not only that it's the num number one resource i've used at least for the step one then guiton and hall physiology they have the topics more organized because you world obviously is all over the place they have all the systems together but in guiton and hall you have the systems one by one. So it's a great great resource to use during the week, for example. Do five, three questions each day and they will build up and then on the weekend do you world. And my third resource is Kaplan, which is also used for step one. And that way you're basically studying for your physiology block exam and also for the step one, which is awesome. So that's perfect, actually, because, well, one, I think you focused all three of your resources on question banks, which just really emphasizes the point of how important questions are for physio. But two, also, you've been talking about simultaneously studying for step one. And like Kriti said earlier, physio, path, and farm are going to be the three main subjects which show up on the step. So what can students do after physio is done to keep up with the material for the step uh, or to better integrate the material in a way that's going to be tested on the step? That's a great question. I created a physiology Google Drive to organize myself and to also share with the students that are currently taking physiology. So there I have the books, the TA reviews, my notes. So I have everything in one place. I would advise 
for students to, again, get organized. And if you can have everything in one place, I think that's the best way to do so. Then you already, we already saw the material by systems during the class. So at least I like to do all the questions, basically the, all the system mixed up to practice for the step. Why? Because that's how you're gonna see it on the step. You won't have a section of endocrine physiology. It's not gonna be like that. So don't feel bad if you're practicing by system during the physiology exam. But after that, after you pass the class, now you're on another level. Now you're only focusing on the step. So I would really recommend for students to focus on mixing up all the material of physiology with all the other classes they have taken. And if they see that they have problems, for example, with reproductive physiology, then go back, go back to your essential resources, to the books, reread, but, Basically, don't expect the step one to be as organized as you saw it on the physiology class. Absolutely. I think those are fantastic tips. And I thank you again for stopping by. Please be sure to send us more ideas if you have any for future guests uh, to dextrocardia.podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at dextrocardiapc. And please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for all of your advice, Milagros. Thank you for having me here.